Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for our TNA Hard to Kill 2024 review. And I am joined by an esteemed colleague of the wrestling media world, host, interviewer extraordinaire, podcaster you see her over on bodyslam.net you've seen her across several social media platforms <laughs> youtube channels including us on a watch along first time here on a review it is astrid how are you doing i'm doing well how are you i'm doing great i'm doing great i'm happy that you joined me and answered the call i put the call out to everyone in true <laughs> hill heat land everyone on the twitter space and you were the only one that answered the call so i appreciate you I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for uh, joining us here. And thank you all. If you're watching us, we appreciate y'all joining us live. Remember, show that appreciation back the simplest way possible. Drop the thumbs up on this video. Share this video with all your wrestling fans, friends, and family on all your favorite social media platforms. If you're new to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. And of course, sound off in the live chat if you're with us live. Live. We love to interact with all of you. We will try to highlight as many of your comments as possible. But of course, if you're feeling generous, you want to give back to what we do here, you can send a super chat donation. Those are also important to what we do here. We will make sure we highlight those comments and of course, give you our thoughts. If you have a question, we'll give you the answers with those super chat donations as well. Or you can hit the join button and become a member like our good friend, Vala B. Vala B here with us in the chat saying, man what a show big smile watching it the whole time and yeah i mean i came out of this show like very buzzing i was buzzing about this show because it gave me everything that i wanted i liked the the tunnels the new look it gave you some new stories that they're kind of building some new champions what was kind of like your overall thoughts one word to give kind of your overall thoughts for tna hard to kill I felt really energetic. I felt like the energy was up there from beginning to end, and I really enjoyed that for the show, and I'm really glad it. I feel like it had a little dip for me at least, but then I felt like it went back up after the, the appearance at the end as well. Absolutely. That uh, the appearance at the end, and there were several uh, different uh, signings that we saw throughout the show, but you see it in the title, you see it in the thumbnail, the former Dolph Ziggler, uh, Nick Nemeth. We'll go in depth about his debut, but that is kind of like the big talking point coming out of it. And do you feel like that was kind of living up to kind of the the build that Scott Demore gave for the signing, saying that it was one of the biggest signings in TNA history. Do you think that Nick Nemeth, the wanted man, the former Dolph Ziggler, lives up to that? I think he really does. I, I think it was funny because I, I showed my brother the people that were showing up through the night, and he goes, is that the big signing? I'm like, it's not over. It's, let me wait for the main event because I feel like there's something bigger coming up. And then I sent them the video of the engine, and I was like, yeah, this is what he meant for sure. <laughs> I definitely agree with him. 
Yeah, it was kind of like like gradual. We were building up to it. We got like AJ Francis top dollar on the pre-show. You get like Ash by Elegance before the knockout championship matchup. And then the big one was uh, Nick Nemeth at the end of the show. We're going to talk about him crossing the line, like we say here. And then uh, we got Ace in the chat saying, what's up, everyone? Got Eric Isaac, who said TNA kicked some ass last night. Uh, we have uh, Corey Michaels in the chat, who says, my pal. SP3 and Astrid. What is this? A crossover ex episode? Yeah, something like that. Something like that, right? Oh, uh, we got Vala B who says, I just need them to play cross the line as the intro for impact. Please, please. That everybody's doing it my way, doing it my thing. I, I just remember the simplest lyrics ever, that theme song. It was very good. Yes. <laughs> let's talk about the we're gonna go from top to bottom so we're go to the pre-show first the countdown to hard to kill uh that started i i didn't know it was one hour i'm used to uh impact pre-shows which are 30 minutes so were you thrown out by it being an hour as well not only that but i went to what we used to be fight because i wanted to watch it there went there and it wasn't even the countdown that i was expecting so i missed the first two matches and then youtube had it starting at eight o'clock so i was like what is happening i was so confused by all the reports but i was able to catch the third one and i watched the other two earlier this morning because i missed them yesterday it was a hot mess when it came to like where the countdown was and where to watch it i, I didn't understand it yeah, because the countdown uh, shows are usually on their YouTube channel, but this yeah. one they made it only for members and the Impact Insiders, which I don't know if that was a good idea. Uh, that was kind of, and that wasn't really specified because they didn't do any episodes to hype up the show really until this week. So, yeah, uh, there was a, a a lot of messy with the with the pre-show, but I got yeah, I watched it this morning as well, but. Kicking off the first match in TNA, the new era of TNA, was former Impact World Champion Steve Macklin going up against Rich Swan. These two guys have really good chemistry with one another and packed in a lot of action into a short amount of time. Uh, this one went in favor of Steve Macklin, who picked up the win with his big spear in the corner, followed by the KIA, which is becoming more and more like John Moxley's Death Rider. Um, <laughs> before it was like the paradigm shift. Now it's like the death ride. It picks them up for the double arm DDT, but good matchup to kick things off. I give it three and a quarter stars. What did you think about the opener to the TNA era? Yeah, I feel like it was a good back and forth between both of them. I just knew from the get go. I just felt like it was kind of that way of building back up for Steve Macklin after the injury and bringing him back up to kind of to that world title picture eventually. So I had a feeling he was going to win it. But still, just a nice way to bring up the energy as it was and welcome everybody to, like, I want to say new era or past era. I don't know what to call it at this point. They're calling it the new era. It's the new era yeah. of yeah. Uh, Impact Wrestling. The new era has, be has begun. But I agree with you. I think that they're kind of building up Macklin as a guy that's going to be in the main event scene, in the main event picture. We should also mention that Ritzwan had basically, like, Flash Funk-inspired uh, jumpsuit that was uh, I, I thought that was <laughs> I didn't know why but I was like okay I'm, I'm with it solid match no, good <laughs> good work from these guys here uh next we had uh AJ Francis and who DJ who kid came out and the fans booed AJ Francis like crazy uh 
And to his credit, he just went with the flow. He cut a good heel promo talking about making his first million dollars before he was 25 and that they were about to debut his new their new single. The video started. The fans were booing. And then suddenly Joe Hendry's face appeared along with his theme song and he came out to interrupt the festivities. He comes out to, to a big pop from the Vegas crowd as they clearly believe in Joe Hendry and he welcomes Francis to TNA. He says that he was happy Francis could share his music video and Hendry says he has a passion for making music videos himself so he made one for AJ Francis which was titled the AJ Francis story. Hendry basically mocks Francis for not being a good rapper uh, falling over the ropes and being clumsy and being the Cheez-It champion, saying that he's never won a title outside of the Cheez-It championship. Uh, Hendry, when we come back from the video, he's eating uh, Cheez-Its, but this leads to a to DJ Who Kid hitting him from behind with like uh, like a, a platinum case or a laptop, and then Francis hits a big choke slam on him to stand tall but i thought this was a really good segment i actually was entertained by it and i think that aj francis if he's gonna be this kind of cocky rapping uh heel monster heel i am with it i think that joe hendry is a good kind of starting feud for him in tna what did you think yeah can i i, I can say something is like uh you didn't know about joe henry much before he arrived in impact and once he did i feel like he like hypnotized everybody that's how i felt like because i felt like everybody knew what to do when he was around the waving at the hands the singing the songs everything he has such a presence to himself that i don't know how to explain it to be honest it's not words for it but it just has a wonderful presence and i love how he just comes out people already start singing his theme song they're waving the hands the back and forth it's like they know what to do when joe henry's out there and i'm glad that this was no different last night it was just fun to see him doing that I just wasn't expecting him to get beat up the way he did after the song. It was like, once you do a song like that, you can just have Joe Henry get beat up. That's a big no-no. But, you know, we had to have AJ standing tall, looking great either way because we never know when he's going to show up. But if it's him and Joe Henry, I think it'll be entertaining, especially that back and forth. Uh, because I, I suppose AJ is going to have a rebuttal to what Joe Henry had to say because he didn't say anything. He just did the choke slam. But obviously we need to have words coming out of that soon. So that's what I'm expecting. I expect a, a nice little rap video from AJ Francis, whether it's on TNA <laughs> Impact or whether it's on social media. He's known for that from his like WWE feuds, which they never put any of his music videos on TV. I think that TNA won't make that same mistake. But like I said at the top of the show, we saw the beginning of a lot of like new stories for this TNA era, and it started on the pre-show as we got a backstage promo with Eddie Edwards, Alicia Edwards, Brian Myers, Moose, and special guest with them, D'Angelo Williams. Yes, TNA legend, former, former TNA World Tag Team Champion, D'Angelo Williams is here. Uh, no, no, that's the wrong guy. That was the other guy. Sorry. No, D'Angelo Williams, though. Great wrestler. Uh, they talk about how they were all going to win their matches tonight, and they talk about how they've been in impact. They've been through different regimes, different management, different names, but regardless of what happens, they have all worked within the system, but the system doesn't work, and they will no longer work within the system. Now, they are the system and Moose finished things off and says that tonight he's winning the world title and you must trust 
the system. So this is the first real big faction of TNA. What did you think about this promo setting up Myers, Moose, and the Edwards, as well as apparently D'Angelo Williams as a new faction in TNA? The only thing I wonder is like, is Eddie going to go from faction to faction to faction? That's what it feels like at this point. I feel like he really has time to like be like him just by himself. Uh, but no, I thought this was exactly what they needed to do to like introduce us to the group. And I felt like it was a good way to give this give this to us, to us as a presentation, like before they win their matches, because that's what they were able to talk about in the commentary, how they like they're getting together as a team. They both have their wins. It's like, this is a push towards their team. So I feel like it was a good explanation to everything that was happening later on. Yeah. And it's like, it's like you're grouping, you're grouping like two, like guys that were like mid card to upper card heels and grouping them together. I I, I think that it can work, but uh, I was like, uh, okay. I was like, this kind of came out of nowhere. Like, you, they started, they kind of teased it uh, at the end of the Impact era because they started teaming Eddie Edwards with Brian Myers. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think that we were going to get a stable at this. So I was surprised Mm -hmm. by this. Uh, We and got you, my boy Blue, mentioning former Carolina Panther D'Angelo Williams. Yes, NFL star D'Angelo Williams here. And the system was in action on the pre show as they went up against the team. TNA Originals, Eric Young and Frankie Kazarian. So before this promo, when you know I was doing predictions for Hard to Kill, actually, I was kept picking the TNA Originals because I was like, TNA's returning, mm-hmm. the TNA Originals probably gonna win this thing. But after that promo, I was like, all oh, that predictions up in smoke. Uh, because you know the system's not gonna lose right off the bat. This is not the old TNA because the system would have lost here. This is the new TNA. Uh the, the and they have an uh they have a theme song together now. That's okay. Interesting. Um, but this match got plenty of time when just over uh, 10 minutes and Myers and Edwards pick up the win after Myers hits the roster cut on Eric Young and Edwards follows up with the Boston knee party. So picking up a win in tag team matching and kind of set the stage for this new faction. What did you think about this match here? No, I think it was fun, and I get. I like how we continued on to what happened before with the backstage segment in the group too, and just like you from the beginning, since I saw the card, I kept thinking it's TNA. They gotta give it over to the originals. They definitely have to win this one. And then I, I, as the match kept progressing, I went, "Never mind. This is definitely not it." <laughs> I felt really bad after I picked them. I said, "Dang it!" But it is what it is. It just, I just, I, I guess, I, you know, trying to bring them up as a new era. So what else? Well, just. I like them, give them that momentum from the start. So I definitely was not expecting them to win, but I feel like it was a good way to start it off for them. Yeah, it made sense. And I, I actually, on the first viewing, I think I clicked, I turned on the pre-show when this match started and I saw their whole real like new entrance with the system thing. That was before I even saw the promo. So I was like, wait, they're going to win this? <laughs> like I didn't even see the promos setting them up as a faction. I just saw the entrance. I was like, "What? They got a new name? They got a whole new entrance?" I was like, "They're gonna win, obviously." Damn, man, they messed up my pick. I wish I would have known this before. I did predictions, like, damn. But uh, a good match nonetheless. I give it a uh, three stars. Uh, good workers in this matchup. I just thought Frankie Kazarian would be higher up the card. I thought when he returned and he was talking about you know never being a main eventer, being a a, a TNA heavyweight champion that he would be working up the card but he's here on the pre-show do you think have you been uh have you been 
noticing that. I kind of feel like it hasn't been quite what I thought it was going to be for Frankie Kazarian coming back to TNA. It's like, when is he going to finish his story? I want that. <laughs> they just, did, they I, did I, those I, whole vignettes for like weeks. Remember when he did those sit down interviews? Yeah. I was so mad because... I kept thinking with with the vignettes, it was like it felt like it was that exclamation point to finish that moment, and just like and what didn't happen, I'm like, okay, what's next? And then nothing. It just nothing after that. I was like, how do you not continue this? It was a great story, and then like my, even my brother who has been watching had been watching CNA with me when we first started, we kept thinking this has to be it, right? And then what? <laughs> what is this? I'm disappointed, but yeah, I was not expecting him in the in the countdown to be honest either. Yeah, yeah, it just caught just crashed, crashed me off guard there. Uh, we got Power Driver Finisher, our good friend in the chat. He says, I still need to watch TNA. I just finished watching Osprey versus Okada. Uh, let me know in the chat, Power Driver Finisher, what match you thought was better, Osprey or versus Okada or Shingo versus Moxley. But we got our NJPW Battle in the Valley review tomorrow with me and Jay News. We'll be live at 12.05 p.m. Eastern time for that. But let me know in the chat. We'll have some fun. You could chat in that. But let's talk about the final match on the countdown to Hard to Kill, Astrid, which was for the TNA Digital Media Championship. Crazy Steve challenging Tommy Dreamer. This rivalry has been building for a while. And Tommy Dreamer, of course, he's going to have these plunder brawls. So a lot of weapons were involved in this one. You had steel chairs. You, of course, had forks because that's been such a crucial part of this rivalry. And the forks were the thing that came down to it at the end of the matchup. Steve pulls out a black bag. He tapes Tommy's hands together. He pulls out a bag of forks and he pours the forks down Tommy's shirt stuffs it in his shirt pours it on him does a big cannonball in the corner and then hits Belladonna's kiss for the win this was not good <laughs> no, the, and, I'm, and I'm sorry and I'm sorry that finish that finish was like the cherry on top for me to be like yeah this wasn't a good match because I was like I was like what was the what was the point you you put all the forks on him and the, some of the forks are pointing up and you did a cannonball. That's your you. That didn't make sense to me. I think the only part that made me laugh was he caresses him, like his face with the fork of the way he did it. But I just kept thinking, why would you put them on like, to him like that? I guess I'm like, I will get it. They were coming down on his chest so that when you hit the cannonball, they do stab him. Yeah. But when, I, when he started just taping him, I was like, okay, where is this going? And then I saw him like shovel the forks in his shirt. I was like, that was not what I was expecting, what I pictured, but okay, let's continue. And then the cannibal happened. I was like, never mind, you lost me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What? I was like, I was like I'm, I'm here, I'm here. No, you, nope. I'm like, I'm paying attention, but sure. I don't know. That part, I was like, it, it stood out to me because of what happened. But at the same time, it made me laugh because I'm like, oh, okay, that was it. <laughs> I feel like it was like anticlimactic when it happened. But at least we have a champion that probably has a smartphone and a flip phone. So that's a that plus. is good. That is good. Tommy Dreamer got an Obama <laughs> phone, basically. That's what yeah. Patrick's saying. We got uh, Eric Isaac says, Steve to Tommy, go fork yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even call it okay. No, it was, it was just not good. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to be fair and just give it a star because I'm nice. He got one star. <laughs> it's one star. 
Uh, TNA Hard to Kill main card kicked off with Eric Young coming out after uh, the intro played where he's talking about TNA was back and how they are hard to kill. They had the whole roster on the ramp excitedly awaiting to the start of the show where we started off with the signature match of TNA, the Ultimate X. And this time it is the second ever Ultimate X matchup. For the knockouts division, as you had Zaya Brookside making her TNA debut, Danny Luna, Jody Threat, Alicia Edwards, Giselle Shaw, and the winner of the first knockouts Ultimate X matchup, Tasha Steeles. Uh, the matchup, the clear out kind of the originals of, of the of impact wrestling, where the new stars are in the ring, where you got Danny Luna, Zaya Brookside, and Jody Threat going at it. Then we get dives to the outside. We get a low pay by Danny Luna. We get a dive off the top rope by Zaya Brookside. We get a flip dive by Jody Threat. Alicia Edwards tries to jump on Jody Threat's back, but she falls off her back onto the pile on the outside of the floor. Then Tasha Steeles comes off the top rope to Jody Threat, giving her a cutter onto the plow and just plopping down because Jashelle Shaw didn't catch her. That was great. Uh, then you get Danny Luna gets spotlighted. She does uh, the Tower of Doom spot, power bombing three ladies. Then she power bombs another lady off the second rope, power bombs Zaya Brookside off the uh, the Ultimate X uh, X Sphere. Then you get uh, her and Alicia Edwards. She tries to power bomb her off the X, but Alicia turns that into a big DDT. One of the best spots of the whole matchup is when Giselle Shaw basically propels herself off of Danny Luna's back and spins. Here's Jody Threat as she's on the X, and Jody Threat lands right on her face and has to roll out of the ring. It comes down to Danny Luna, Tasha Steeles, and Giselle Shaw fighting on the X, and Giselle Shaw uses the X to, to beat uh, Luna off of the X, and then Tasha Steeles right in the face with the X to take her down, and then she takes down the X to become the number one contender for the Knockouts World Championship. I gave this three and a half stars. This was an energetic way to kick off the show. And these ladies uh, put in work to kick things off. What did you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it too. It's like, I feel like it, it started the energy and it kept what, what with the atmosphere so far. And like you said, there was a moment of Giselle just like spearing Jody the way she did and using Danny to catapult herself. The moment outside with all the dives too. And I like that moment where they had the newcomers had kind of their spotlight too. But everybody had a moment. I What I liked about this match is like I, I, I watch NXT constantly, so I compare it this way. I like when NXT does the multi-person matches and there's not one moment of like breathing room to put it like that. There's not one person alone. And this happened in this match too. There were so many moments that there was two, three people at the same time in the ring. There was a moment for you to catch your breath because there was so much going on at the same time. And one of my also favorite moments was Jody uh, going up uh, towards the uh, climbing up to the little tower to go towards the X, and she has Alicia on her back too. And I was like, I don't know how she did that, but that was incredible. But I love how everybody had a spot, everybody had a moment to like really shine in this match. And from the get go, I had a feeling it was going to just up be just those moments. So I'm very glad for her winning this. Yeah, she's just come so close, whether it be the knockouts tag team titles, the knockout championship, the digital media championship. I think that it was well deserving for her to get the win. I thought maybe one of the new one of the newer girls like uh Zaya Brookside or Danny Luna would get the win, but it was smart to go with Giselle. Yeah, yeah, safe choice. 
<laughs> we got here uh, Frantic World saying, I'm so happy that Zaya signs with TNA and was in a TNA classic matchup. And yes, Zaya Brookside officially signing with TNA. I think that she's a great addition to the knockouts division. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I feel like she is a breath of fresh air for them as well. And I feel like they lost a lot of people like one after the other one after the other one. And they're probably going to lose Trinity soon. So start building up that roster while you can. Yeah, they have to kind of make those additions like Danny Luna, like Zaya Brookside to kind of fill the void for Deanna Peralta and now Trinity that's about to leave. But next up, we had Dirty Dango and his crew coming out. Alpha Bravo, Oleg Prudius as they went, as Dirty Dango went up against PCO. Dirty Dango switched up his catchphrase. Now it's boy. Do I hate pro wrestling? Is now, boy, do I hate TNA wrestling? Uh, this brings out PCO, but the match doesn't go long before PCO tries to go for the PCO salt. Bravo comes in and interferes and pulls uh, PCO off the top rope to cause a DQ. Rhino comes out to make the save for for uh, PCO. They run off the heels before Santino Manuela comes out as he makes a matchup with the Rhino and uh Paco uh as he calls he calls PCO Paco uh and they they give he gives them the partner of Jake something and it turns into a six man tag and yeah it's it's a match. Um, PCO did some dives. Uh, PCO eventually hits the PCO salt on Alpha Bravo to pick up the win for his team. This uh, felt more mostly like a showcase for uh, Jake something to get on the card and for PCO mm -hmm. to get the win. But uh, I, I, I think this could have been on the pre-show. Yeah, this is one of the ones that the first part of one or two that actually was like a dip for me. Because first I was thinking the match is over like that. It was over so quickly at first. It's like, I can't believe that's it for PCO. That feels so weird for a PCO match. Um, and then when Santino came up, I was thinking, oh, he's putting his Teddy Long powers to use for the tag team match. And then that happens. I was expecting him to announce himself as the partner. I was waiting for him to take off what the ID thing he has on him. Yeah, I, so I, I was so waiting. Too because he's like and you have a partner and i was like okay are you gonna say you and then he didn't and then i and then i like what he brought up jake something like you said it was a showcase for him i'm glad they put him on the card because i think i it's he's one of those people that i was hoping he would be on the card i was disappointed that he wasn't but i'm glad this was just kind of like that little fun quick match but still it's like that was it it was like one of the two dips for me during the show yeah i agree with you there uh we got pace it says this was pointless yeah that's the best way to kind of describe this this whole this whole two matches that we got a dq match and then the six man tag it was just pointless they could have they could have saved this for the pre-show and they could have put swan and macklin on the main card uh we get a woman being seen arriving at the show she has blonde hair and nice shoes who will she be but next up, we get MK Ultra's music hitting. Uh, surprisingly, as we have a surprise addition to the card, Knockouts Tag Team Championships up for grabs. MK Ultra defending against the returning Decay. No more is there, Jessica. No more is what was her name again? I forgot. I forgot. Courtney. Yes, Courtney Rush. No more Courtney Rush. No more Jessica. Havoc and Rosemary are back from the undead realm. Uh, and we get this knockouts tag team championship matchup. And this was a, a good matchup. It 
fun action, nice little moments like Rosemary raising up uh, as uh, Killer Kelly was trying to seduce her in her sleep. Uh, and then we get, in the end, the Decay picking up the victory here as uh, Havoc hits the choke bomb with the assist from Rosemary on Killer Kelly to pick up the win as the, the Decay once again become TNA World Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Um, I like the match. I gave it three stars, but I don't like MK Ultra dropping the titles. I thought there was more you could do, and it just feels like every time the Knockouts Tag Team titles has a team that I'm like, okay, that team should get a long run. They never do. It uh, like the, the long. I think the longest run since they bought these titles back was like three months. That's the only thing I don't like about it. I feel like they definitely need to bring more tag teams because whatever tag team wins, it, they don't really work for too long. They end up breaking up for some reason. I don't like that. Or like they just somebody leaves and then the tag team's gone. So this was the only disappointment. I didn't want MK Ultra to lose the titles like this. Like I feel like they should have won it and then wait for that rematch later on and then probably win them there. Um, once I saw the DK theme song, though, I was just waiting for the bunny to be a part of it, though, because I kept thinking, I know she left AEW. And we haven't really seen her anymore. So I thought it was surprising. I was like, you brought back Eat What from the Dead. You can do that same thing with Allie. So why not? So I was expecting her to be like with them. So I was like, maybe now that they're back as DK, they'll start building up to her return is what I was thinking. Like, maybe that's why. But still, I, I like the match. The match in itself was fun, though. I'm glad it happened because it, I think it was really a championship that wasn't on the line, or like in the original card. So I'm glad I ended up adding this later on. And it was another woman's match because why not? I'm always for that. Another woman's match on the card. And uh, I said that. We're talking about, I had to look it up. Talking about the Knockouts <laughs> Tag Team Champions. They were the longest tag team champions. Yeah. They were 182 mm -hmm. days. That's that ever. I think that's yeah. ever. Because I just looked at the, the newer champions. No, no, no. They did have, uh, oh my god. Yeah, they, oh. they're the longest, they're the longest Knockouts Tag Team <laughs> Champions. Because you know who, mm -hmm. you know who the previous, who the real uh, longest rating knockouts tag team champions are yeah i don't want to remember i'm just trying to erase that from my memory <laughs> eric young and odb for anyone who is wondering eric young and odb Oops. 470 days as knockouts tag team champions so yes mk ultra is the real <laughs> real yeah. longest rating knockouts tag team champion so hopefully this is a real run for havoc and rosemary i do mm -hmm. like them or at least a rivalry between them and mk ultra where mk ultra can get back to titles i wouldn't mind that mm -hmm. either uh we got eric young i mean excuse me i'm saying i'm calling you eric young eric isaacs uh eric isaacs who says goodbye jessica and courtney welcome back havoc and rosemary our champions r.i.p death dolls long live decay 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 <laughs> Uh, TNA <laughs> announces a partnership with Huddle for Health the, and the NFL Alumni Health. And then we get Steve Macklin backstage with Gia Miller. And he says that he was sta uh, taking, staking his ground with his first win in this version of TNA. And he's going back to the world title. And then we get Scott Demore on the stage. And he is here for a big announcement. As he says, uh, he brings out Lucha Libre AAA CEO Dorian Pena, who highlights, we get highlights from TNA and AAA aired 
highlighting Psycho Clown a few times. We get Pena talking about wanting to bring more Lucha Libre to America with TNA. And it was going to change the landscape of professional wrestling. And Demore and Pena both signed a partnership contract. And that is what they were teasing with the Will Worlds color when Worlds collide as TNA now has a an, a, an increased partnership with AAA. They have worked with AAA in the past with the with the likes of Black Taurus and Laredo Kid and Elio Del Vikingo coming over to TNA. But now it seems like they're kind of doing their version of AEW and NJPW with AAA and TNA here. What did you think about the announcement of this increased partnership between the two promotions? I mean, he has worked well, so might as well continue on with what's going on. It's been positive for them. And anytime anytime we get companies working like this, it just brings out so many surprises. So he's like, you never know who's going to show up at a triple A event the next one they have. So I I feel like it ends up making both products like a must watch because they never know when you're going to have that back and forth exchange. And even like you saw, for example, even tonight, we had Laredo Kid in the other match happening. We have, you know, they begin going this one too. So it's like, they just show you that this is an example of what they can bring to the table. So it, it people probably get curious and end up watching their products because of the talent as well. Yeah, and they're going to go out of their way to try to find AAA now. I think that is, it's a smart move on AAA's part. They do have, you know, other partnerships with like AEW, but AEW is now working with CMLL. So you kind of want to, Maybe kind of be like, all right, TNA, we're going to probably throw some of our guys more at you guys because, you know, we don't mess with the Crips. We bloods around here. That's the, that's the bloods in the Crips of professional wrestling, AAA and uh, CMLL. But boy, oh boy, did they kick off this partnership the right way, Astrid, because next was the TNA X Division Championship up for grabs. Chris Saban defending against Kushida and Elio Del Vikingo. And this was just nonstop action and an absolute banger. We start off the matchup with all three wrestlers having like a standoff after a quick exchange. We get Kushida hits a flip dive off the apron onto Sabian. Uh, we get immediately he goes for the hoverboard lock on Bikingo, but he fights out. Kushida attacks the arm of Kushida, but he fights out himself. He hits a big super kick on Sabian and then a springboard Hurricane Rada on Sabian. Kingo hits a spin kick on Kushida, and then he hits the imploding Hurricane Rada off the top rope. And I always say, if Kingo hits that imploding Hurricane Rada perfectly, the match is going to be great. And he hit it perfectly, and the match was great. The the the, the streak continues. Saban uh, breaks up a submission. He hits a pair of German suplexes on Vikingo uh, and Kushida. We get Kushida hitting a handspring, but Saban hits a drop kick right to the face. We get uh, Saban does a double submission to Kushida and Vikingo. Then Kushida does the same to Vikingo and Saban. We get some crazy nonstop action, but the closing stretch was just ridiculous. As you get Bikingo with a torture rack into a knee. Then he hits a springboard 450 on Saban on the ramp. Kushida cuts him off and he tries to hit the 630 on him, but he fights Saban fights with Kushida fights Kushida off. Then he fights with Bikingo on the ramp, kicks him in the stomach, hits a springboard Canadian destroyer on the freaking ramp to a huge reaction. That's that's by far the biggest pop. 
of the night was after that move. Then back in the ring, we get Saban and Kushida going at it. Saban hits a big German suplex off the top rope on Kushida before hitting the cradle shock. He tries to get the hoverboard lock, but Saban's able to hit the cradle shock for the one, two, three. Boy, oh boy, this was so, so good. An excellent three-way matchup, balls-to-the-wall action, and that is how you kick off the X Division in a new era of TNA. TNA has always been known with the X Division for their three-way matchups, whether it's AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe versus Christopher Daniels. The best Ultimate X ever was Chris Saban versus AJ Styles versus Petey Williams, and this kind of fits in that mold right there. I gave this four and a half stars. Spoiler alert, this is my match of the night. <laughs> and what I love about it is the same thing as the Women's Ultimate X. There was no moment like breathing room. There was so many things happening at the same time. There was no moment there was only one person in the ring I think almost at the same, they almost oh, the whole match. It was almost all three of them, to be honest. And it was so like rare to see them. But uh, there were so many moments like the Canadian Destroyer and that Springboard 450 that was amazing to watch. I did like one of my favorite parts too. It's uh, I think Kushida had a submission on Elijo de Vikingo, and then uh, Saban had it on Kushida. So we saw him, but Saban did it to Kushida. Vikingo was hurting and, oh, his legs yeah, too. Yeah, because he, he had his arms in in his yeah. legs and uh, at Vikingo's back, and he does like a suplex to Saban, and it goes back on the <laughs> yeah. on the arms at the same time. There was so many innovation. Now, and you're right. Like the best yeah. part of this matchup is that all three guys were in the ring for like mm -hmm. 90% of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really enjoy the energy they have on this match too. I, I, I had picked Saban to retain, but there was some moments that I thought Lee Hoda Vikingo would take it because I was thinking the Jonas is right after the partnership. So that made me like think about it for a moment there. Yeah. But I'm glad they ended up with it, like Kushida taking that pin because it keeps it alive of like Lee Hoda Vikingo can come in and get that rematch later on, which I think, I think is something that could happen as well. But overall, I feel like it's a fun match. I think the only thing that I, another thing that I thought, two things that I thought about this match as a whole is that I know that there's people that only watch AEW. So like if you only watch the AEW, you don't, you got familiar with him. But the, for the people that don't watch AEW, you haven't seen Lady Hollywood Bikingo yet. So, so see him now in TNA, there's a lot of people that are going to get that impression from him. I will follow him wherever he goes. So I think that's also a positive for him, you know, just as a wrestler, if you think about it that way. Uh, the other thing that I did, I said it during the post I did yesterday too. The only thing that bothers me about him is that sometimes it takes a little bit too long to set up his parts. And there was a moment that he was stepping up too much on the top rope and waiting for it to like slow down before he jumped out and did his move. So like that kind of throws me off the match and the speed of the match and how it's going, the pacing. But other than that, he, he just does such an incredible job. I don't know how he does it. Uh, there was a point that he did it, I think on the outside, he dived into the guys and just did like a little <laughs> presentation where he did. I was like, that was brilliant. I really enjoyed him. Yeah, he does like a top rope uh, moonsault yeah. at one point. Man, it's, this guy yeah. is like one of the greatest high flyers I think I've ever seen. Like, it's just, yeah. it's like seeing Rey Mysterio in 1996, seeing Vikingo mm -hmm. in 2024. Uh, Ace and uh, Chris Saban is the standard bearer for the X Division Championship. He was really the glue of this matchup. So I was, I was happy that he won in the end. I predicted Kushida to win because Kushida just uh, signed with the company. He has a dual contract with NJPW. And I want Kushida to finally win a damn title match because he gets all these title matches where he freaking loses and then he lost again. Come on, TNA. Joe Kushida <laughs> a bone. Come on, man. <laughs> He ain't getting no love in New Japan because he want to be over here. 
Poor thing. <laughs> You're pissing me off. Kushida fans, man. Stand up. Stand up in the chat. Uh, next up was a special uh, singles match, a special challenge matchup, as we had Josh Alexander going one-on-one -on -one with uh, Alexander Hammerstone as uh, you had the longest reigning Impact World Champion versus the longest reigning MLW Heavyweight Champion. And this, even though it was in the middle of the card, felt like a main event heavyweight matchup because you had Hammerstone making his debut. Uh, a lot of his early career was in uh, Las Vegas. So this was a bit of a home team advantage for him as he had a lot of fans that were vocal for him, but the fans were also very much into Josh Alexander. So we had kind of a split crowd and Alexander kind of started the story of the matchup simple. He just kept going for the ankle lock. He just kept attacking the knee, attacking the leg of Hammerstone, trying to bring the big man down because he wasn't going to outmatch him when it came to power. But he did use his power at various points, like slamming Hammerstone hard on the apron, followed by his usual running crossbody to the back. And this really kind of took control for Alexander. And this one hit a big knee drop off the, off the middle rope to the back of Hammerstone's head at one point. Hammerstone comes back with a big pump kick but uh alexander was able to roll through it with another ankle lock attempt uh this one just kept going back and forth towards the end i love the ending sequence where alexander at one point tries for his big discus forearm but alexander uh hammerstone catches it with his chin with his powerful chin, he just grabs his forearm, hits a big gorilla press slam. He hit the nightmare pendulum, but uh, Alexander was able to roll out of the ring. Hammerstone uh, followed up with a big Death Valley driver on the apron. He had a big missile drop kick followed by a TKO. And uh, and Alexander was only able to kick out at two and a half. Uh, Alexander. Uh, Alexander tried to go and pick the ankle, try to go for the ankle lock, but Hammerstone blocked it. We get a series of forearms, but Hammerstone eats one of those, hits a big power bomb for a near fall. Uh, but Josh Alexander is able to hit one big uh, German suplex, followed by the C4 spike where he dropped him straight on his head. All that weight coming down on that big dome as <laughs> Josh Alexander, the walking weapon, picks up the victory in this one. This was a hard-hitting heavyweight slugfest a banger and a great statement for a hammerstone where i felt like this was a big showcase for him for him to be like tna sign me like immediately <laughs> i think that he did that here i gave that i gave the match four stars what did you think yeah to me it just felt like an audition tape <laughs> to be honest it just felt like i'm gonna show you why i'm worthy of this contract here you go exhibit a uh i think this was a fun match and i really enjoyed it too and it's ironic enough because one of my friends, Bobby, like covers MLW. So he always tells me about Hammerstone, but I've never seen him wrestle. So to see him here and, you know, how powerful he is, the way he joisted Josh at one point, which is incredible to watch like visually. And the way Josh landed, I was like, holy crap, what is this? Uh, but no, even the uh, Death Valley pile driver that he did on the apron too is another thing that was a highlight for me during this match. Yeah, the, the, the guys just... Uh, he's a beast that's the best way i can describe him and i thought it was like i was hoping no lie my visual and my fantasy booking part of this was like i was expecting him even if he lost the match after the match i was just waiting for scott the to come out and have him sign his contract on josh's back so i was just waiting for that like moment yeah that was the only thing i was expecting for that like that beautiful moment there but i'm hoping that in no time they'll definitely sign him because i think he would be a great addition to that roster 
Yeah, he was very impressive here. He got himself over, and he felt like he's kind of like a miss, a missing piece for the main event scene. If you add someone like Hammerstone, I think that the main event scene seems even more interesting than it already is with Josh getting a big win here. You got Steve Macklin getting a big win in the first matchup. So they're kind of shaping up what's going to be the heavyweight division, the main event scene in TNA right now. Uh, we got Frantic World. He says, the meat match. Pause. Yes, this was big meaty men slapping me i really enjoyed this one uh we got ace who says we need to see josh alexander versus zsj one day tna still got the partnership with new japan it could happen it could happen they did team up in the very last impact wrestling matchup so we'll see how things turn out in 2024 but Next up, Astrid, we had the TNA World Tag Team Championships up for grabs in a four-way matchup. You had the ABC, Ace Austin and Chris Bay defending against the Rascals, Trey Miguel and Zachary Wentz, Speedball Mike Bailey and Laredo Kid, as well as the Grizzled Young Vets, James Drake and Zach Gibson. This was originally supposed to be Speedball Mountain, Speedball Mike Bailey and Trent Seven, but Trent Seven had uh, travel issues, so Laredo Kid replaced them. And when you have this many guys, you can expect this to be another balls to the wall, fast paced action, high impact moves. We got some great athleticism, some great exchanges. Whenever the, the ABC and the Rascals were in the, was in the ring, they just had this great chemistry together. It's just spectacular offense sequences that are just awe-inspiring. Speedball was great in this one. Laredo Kid high-flying all over the place. GYV, honestly, they had me fooled a couple of times where I thought they were going to steal this one and win that the tag team titles but it came down to the rascals and abc in the ring and in the end abc proved once again they are just better than trey miguel and zachary wentz as they hit the one two the one two sweep the fold into the art of finesse as chris bay and ace austin retain the tna world tag team championships i gave this match three and three quarter stars like i said fast-paced action this was just a whole bunch of fun to watch and i really enjoyed this one but i really did like whenever it was gyv and abc in the ring because i was mm -hmm. like this is the feud you need to do tna this is the yeah. feud for this <laughs> acting yeah. division yeah ace is describing it so well never bet against abc that is exactly what i was thinking that they were my pick to begin with but I couldn't even keep up with everything that was happening in this match because it was so fast-paced. I yeah. couldn't even put a lot of notes. I, I had a lot of notes for the exhibition <laughs> because I watched it twice. I watched it twice. Mm -hmm. This match I watched once, so I was not going to have a lot of yeah. notes for it because it was too much to keep track of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I like that a lot of the matches like ABC was in control and then we had the Rascals having their moments too and GYV had the moments too. And it's like I, I love how everybody got highlighted before the match was over. I I was scared though at one point towards the end because when people pinned, uh, had a pin, it was so freaking close. I forget if ABC broke it off, I, I believe, but it was like so freaking close. It was ABC of the Rascals, but he was so freaking close. I was just expecting it to be a three and all of a sudden somebody broke up the pin like that second. I was like, Oof, thank you because I was I don't want that. I'm sorry, I prefer ABC, but no, I was overall like a fun match. And like you said, it, take advantage of GYB being there. Have as many matches you can with them because it definitely adds a lot more to that tag division. 
Yeah, like I, I kind of asked uh, Chris Bay when I got to interview him at the end of uh, 2023 of like, what's next for the ABC? Who is it on the, the roster that he that he wanted them to face because they had pretty much faced everyone. And he kind of he kind of mentioned that as well. He was like, he was like, yeah, we we've done all these matches with the Rascals. We face subculture. We face the, the good ends. So I like the fact that, you know, you got speedball kind of mixing it up in the tag team division with different partners you got gyv you need to bring some more teams you got the system now in there so they are kind of making it more interesting giving abc more teams to work with so i was fine with them retaining here even though i had gyv to get the win here because i thought that 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 would instantly make the feud that i'm looking for of gyv versus abc it'll happen but no, we'll keep ABC as champions, please. <laughs> that, is, that is fine. That is fine by me. I'm a big fan of ABC, especially. Uh, but we got to talk about the double main event now. As we first up, we had the TNA Knockouts World Championship up for grabs as it was Trinity defending against Jordan Grace, who was cashing in her Call Your Shot trophy. And this one, man, this was different from a lot of the other matches that we've seen Trinity in, where her speed, her athleticism, mixed with her uh, submission proficiency has always been like too much for everybody. But this was the first time that she felt like she was being overwhelmed by the absolute power and strength of Jordan Grace, who was just tossing her around like at ease. We get like German suplex. We get uh, that alley oop. Oh my God, that alley is the is the move of the night for me outside of the Canadian Destroyer because Jordy Grace just does an, uh, the old Big Show alley-oop where she has her in the powerbomb position and then flips her over onto her face and uh, Trinity was able to kick out of that. Trinity would come back. She hit a big uh, like DDT with her legs at one point. Uh, she got a good near fall with Starship Pain. She kept looking for Star Truck and she would get it on a few times. Uh, Jordan Grace would have to reverse and get a, a near fall for for her to break the pin. She got a near uh, Trinity got a near fall with the rear view. She got a kick on the apron and then a heat seeker on the apron for another near fall. Trinity hit a V trigger at another point. Then she hit a big power bomb for a near fall. Locked on the the starstruck, but Grace was able to stand up in the move. Trinity tries to grab the rose, but she's just too strong. We get a deadlift German suplex, a spinning back face. Followed by the Juggernaut Driver, and we have a new TNA Knockouts World Champion, Jordan Grace, picking up the win over Trinity. This is honestly, in my opinion, this was the first matchup where I was like, yeah, this is on the level of Trinity's Charlotte matchup. Charlotte was the best matchup that she ever had just a couple of years ago, but this felt like that was on that level. Uh, just a hard hitting matchup got oh, nearly 15 minutes in this one. Jordan Grace becoming the new champion respect being showed from both ladies after the matchup, but I really enjoyed this one. I would give it three and three quarter stars. What did you think about Grace versus Trinity? This was my main event. I forget what happened after this. <laughs> I picked us. I even like. I thought about it in my mind. This is my main event because it was so incredible. I Trin was able to show that she's such a powerhouse on top of being such a great like high flyers type of style that she is. I love how I think it was towards like the middle of the match when she hit the star struck. She hit the rear view and she thinks she has it and it's still not enough. 
she had to hit, I think, like at least three times during the match for her to like kind of get Jordan in there. And I thought when like the last time it happened, I really thought that she was retaining there, but it really wasn't enough. And the back and forth they had with each other was so hard hitting it the way it was. I was like, holy crap, what, what are, the, are these girls doing? Like, what else are they going to do? But I like how Trin was able to show up like a different side of her. It wasn't, you know, it was a little bit of submissions, a lot of strikes, a little bit of that powerhouse. She definitely showed like her arsenal like here and even a lot more than that too. But yeah, I loved it. And just like, I didn't want Trinity to lose it, but I just sparked the rumors again of her going back to WWE now. Uh, she did tweet a rematch, but I'm guessing this is going to happen in the tapings between this week and next week in Orlando. Hopefully, we will watch that happen uh, next week when they come here. But still, it was incredible to watch it. I I really didn't want it to end, but it is what it is. It's like I, I can tell it's something that I said during my poster yesterday, too. Trinity definitely better herself, show up that she can be a name for herself, show off what, you know, who she is and what she can do. Gave us a, a few dream matches that we never thought would happen because she was in the baby for so long. And she made a name for herself in here. And I like how Impact just welcomed her with open arms and said, we're going to make you a star here. Even in the little time that we have you here, we're going to take advantage of you. And they really did. So I, I really love it. And yeah, I, I saw, I, I even looking at the picture that you posted, it just made me laugh when I think about it. And that was Jordan holding that trophy. It feels like she's holding nothing because she, her arm's like so out. She's not even shaking either, but it's still a great showcasing for Jordan too. Really happy for her to be starting the year off being champion too. Yeah. Like Trinity had an exceptional run in, in oh. TNA and impact wrestling where they kind of built the whole division around her for a good six month period. And it really helped. It brought more eyes to TNA. We started seeing more people on social media talking about TNA, talking about watching impact wrestling, talking about the other stuff that they saw on the show, whether it was like a speedball, Mike Bailey matchup or a Josh Alexander matchup or someone else from the knockout division whether it be a Giselle Shaw Deanna Perazzo that just got the attention of everybody else so it helped TNA it helped Impact Wrestling at the end of the Impact Wrestling kind of era of the promotion and it helped Trinity where I feel like I don't know if WWE is going to treat her as well as Impact and TNA did I know that the, the check probably is more and she increased her value so i hope is that i hope that that's the the reason why she's making the move back is that the check got it got increased by a zero or two because that's what she deserves after that run with tna and that wwe realizes that she increased her value so you should probably pay her a lot more or offer her a lot more than you were previously why she had to go to impact wrestling kind of raise her stock a little bit yeah, I'm really happy for her because she was able to show off a different side of her, you know, show like not only as a wrestler, but how it brought eyes to the company. Like you said, I'm like, Mercedes did it with New Japan and, and Stardom and now Trinity did it with uh, TNA here as well. And it really shows what the difference it makes when you actually support the wrestler and not just the company. And so you can see it here when people, I remember seeing like the first couple of matches when the I think it was the first title match that she had. Just seeing, you know, the outpour of support from the, from the fans, just seeing it's like, I'm watching this because of her. And that's what it matters. 
Yeah, it really showed that she has her own fan base with what she was able to do in TNA because some people would be like, oh, no, she doesn't have her own fans, that her fans are Mercedes fans or whatever it is. But no, she showed that she could stand on her own two feet without the bloodline, without the Mercedes, without everybody, without the WWE machine and be a star. So I'm glad that she had that opportunity here. And regardless of what she does when she goes back to WWE, she will always can hang her hat on this six to eight month run that she had with impact wrestling yeah good job Trent. absolutely uh we got frantic world who says now wwe needs to use trinity right not like mm-hmm. before yeah take advantage of the fact that she just is able to she's just so different from everybody else that you have in wwe mm-hmm. and regardless of if you know you have other african-american ladies that are stars like your jade cargos like your bianca belairs trinity is something totally different from those from those two so we need to present her like she is that let her let her hang the hair out like the afro that went yeah. viral at the Royal Rumble 2020 yes. and then strap the rocket behind her when she does go viral. That's the difference <laughs> that we want to see from WWE now. And I feel like it will be great for her to return at the Rumble because being that she is from Orlando, this is the closest thing to Orlando that we have going on right now with WWE. So I think if she does come out, especially with a natural hair on top of it, I feel like that will be such an entrance and she will get such a support from the crowd, especially because for the people that don't watch other companies, they definitely missed her in WWE. So now that they get to rewatch it, she's going to get that great reaction. So I think it's a great timing to do it. Absolutely agree with you. She's going to be finishing up her TNA run in Orlando and then returning to WWE in Tampa. That seems right. Seems right. Everything's right in the world. Big Man Dog saying, I wouldn't say I'm hooked and a TNA fan now, but I enjoyed the show and we'll check out the next one too. We are bringing back our, our watch along over on the Twitch channel, Big Man Dog. So join Chris G and Ness for not blunt impact anymore. No, no, no total non-stop blunts tnb tnb coming this thursday over on the twitch channel twitch.tv forward slash true hill heat gaming but we got one more match to discuss astrid and it's the big one tna world championship up for grabs alex shelley defending against the feast or fire winner feast or fired winner of the briefcase for the world title moose the former tna world champion and i had low expectations expectations for this matchup i don't know whether it was like moose's booking since he was world champion not really making me enthused with what he can offer but i got reminded in this matchup that moose was one of the better impact world champions like people slept on him but he was a great heel he had a awesome program with josh alexander but most of all he had some fantastic matches with josh alexander and this felt like the closest to those matches in this one because this was so great when it came to psychology as far as alex shelley knew that he could not beat uh moose based on his strength based on his size based on his power so he just tried to break him down by going after the arm setting up for the border the border city stretch his go-to and just worked over the arm with some pristine kind of offense you had arm screws he just started uh arm bars he went for the hoverboard lock at one point uh moose was able to power out of that one 
one and hits a big snake eyes in the corner on Shelly. Uh, Moose started beating on Shelly with some powerful strikes. We get Moose with a big Uranagi, but he only gets a two. Moose is selling the arm all throughout this. I thought Moose, this is probably the best selling of his career. Like the grimace on his face, the way he just kept going back to the arm and selling it. The, the hard chops as the match went on, you just felt like the desperation, the sense of urgency from both guys. They were just trying to batter each other with the chops at the end. You get Shelly. He turns a big uh, powerbomb attempt into a DDT spiking Moose into the ground. Uh, Shelly blocks a vertical suplex attempt and then sends Moose to the floor. He hits a big baseball slide. He goes for a tope, but Moose uh, moves out the way. Shelly goes for a slice bread, but Moose is able to catch him and charges into the ring post, but Shelly slips out the way. He rams his arm into the ring post again. He hits a shell shock on the floor, but Moose is able to get back inside before the count of 10. He gets, he finally gets on the Border City stretch, but Moose is able to power out of that one. He hits a big power bomb for a two count. The size of Moose uh, kept Shelly from locking in the submission. Moose tries to go for the spear, but once again, he rams into the turnbuckle right into his arm. Shelly hits a Lucha style takedown and then hits a slice bread number two for a two count. The system comes down, but Kushida and Saban take care of them, take them from the back. D'Angelo Williams distracts Shelly long enough for Moose to hit a big forearm. Moose goes for a clothesline, but Shelly low bridges him, sends him to the ramp. He does a big arm drop, a DDT on the arm right on the ramp. That felt like that hurt a lot, too. Then we get the nice little exchange at the end where uh, Shelly is desperately trying to hit shell shock on Moose, but Moose is able to reverse. Finally counters a last shell shock attempt and hits the spear. No jackhammer needed. One, two, three. Moose is a two-time TNA world champion. A surprise win to many, including myself. I did not expect Moose to win this one. I thought they would keep it on Shelly to set up Shelly versus whoever was the big signing. But no, we get Moose as the new champion. The system comes down to the, to the stage to celebrate with Moose. But then... The music changes from Moose to a red blaring light on the on the screen, and we hear the Wanted Man theme, and appearing behind Moose is none other than the former Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth, as his name pops up on the screen. He appears behind Moose. Moose looks like he's going to let him have his big debut in celebration, but he goes to attack Nemeth. Nemeth hits a big super kick. Followed by the zigzag. The fans are going crazy. Chanting TNA, 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 TNA. The system comes down. They run off Nemeth. He runs through the crowd where he rips off his shirt to reveal he is wearing a TNA wrestling shirt. Yes, he is the major signing to TNA. And he is coming after the TNA world champion, Moose. And Nick Nemeth, the Wanton Man, will debut tonight at the Snake Eyes taping in Las Vegas. So he will be appearing on TNA Impact either this Thursday or next Thursday against Zachary Wentz. But that is how you close the show of a new era. You get people talking. You got the big debut at the end. A a excellent main event matchup with Moose and Shelly exceeding my expectations in a big way. I gave the match four and a quarter stars. Like I said, I thought it was 
Moose, one of Moose's best performances I've seen in a matchup. Like right up there with his match with Josh Alexander from Rebellion a few years ago when Josh won the title from him. I thought that was Moose's best match ever. But this is like a close second. If not, you could probably make the argument this is Moose's best match of his career. I give it four and a quarter stars. Shelly blew away expectations as the Impact World Champion. Most of us thought Shelly was going to lose after like a month or two. We thought it was all about the moment of Shelly actually winning the title and he wasn't going to have a long reign. He winds up getting the third longest reign in the title's history and then caps it all off with a banger of a main event here. And then the post-match with Nick Nemeth. That is a name, like regardless of how people think about Dolph Ziggler, it's very reminiscent him signing the TNA now to Christian Cage back in 2005. He's a guy that did get a level of success in WWE, but never really achieved his full potential. And I feel like here, as, long, as well as his appearances in New Japan, I think we're going to be seeing the rebirth of Nick Nemeth being considered one of the best workers and performers in the world today. But Astrid, I think I've said enough. What did you think about the main <laughs> event? What did you think about the post-match and the debut of the wanton man, Nick Nemeth? Uh, overall, I really thought that Alex was going to retain this too. I, I felt like, I don't know if it was me, but like him working Moose's arm throughout the match, maybe you feel like he was working almost like a heel, which I was surprised about. He, I was yo, not expecting I, that. You, 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 that. You just popped me because <laughs> during the matchup, like during the end, I'm like, this match has been so weird because it feels like Moose is fighting from underneath. It feels like yes. Moose is the one who has to sell mm -hmm. and fight from underneath, and he's the big man here. It's, it was, yes. it just, I think that's why I enjoyed the match so much because it went against mm -hmm. my expectations of the match completely. <laughs> And like the match wasn't bad, but it wasn't one that I I would say was a match of the night or anything like that. That's why I said my main event was the ladies. Uh, but it wasn't a bad match in itself. It just like it didn't keep my interest the way I thought it would. So that was like my dip within the, like the show in itself. And I was like I, I was disappointed in that because I was hoping I would like it a lot more than what I did. But it wasn't bad. Like I I just felt awkward in that kind of way when you think about like Shelly going after his arm and just like I kept thinking like that's like a heelish rule like targeting that arm for like any time you could. I was like did i miss something here i was like i thought like the, the system earlier looked like heels so i was like what is going on here i was so confused when it came to that part of their characters but i feel like they did great in the match though and i like how even though i feel kind of like it dipped to me in like my energy for the show nick coming out just like made me feel a lot more and that's when i i recorded it for my brother and i went this is the big signing for sure like it has to be him uh but no i like how he's able to do what trinity did just like put up value to his name you know had between new japan and now with tna it's like that's amazing to see i i'm like i love how they brought him in and they're like no you're going for the world title picture like you're going in here like you get injected in here to this division from the get-go but the other thing i was expecting too i was expecting and this is one idea that my friend jose brought to my mind and i couldn't like unsee it once i had it in my mind after saving retained i was expecting saving and the do option c and cash in with Shelly. So I thought that match was going to happen for the world title sometime soon. So that's yeah. why one of the reasons why I thought Alex would retain it. So when Moose won, I was like, never mind. I went all the plans I had in my head. Like that was so nicely done in my head, but I'll keep it there for now. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, I was surprised that Moose won, but I just like to see how, how it'll go now, especially with Nemeth. I feel like that will be a good match to watch. 
Yeah, I think that like, like uh, Power Driver Finisher just put in the chat. He's like, so I guess they got someone to pair perfectly to Dolph Ziggler selling. Ziggler knows how to sell for the big man, for the monster, monster heel. And that's what they're rebuilding Moose as. So I think that they're going to have a great match. I think that he's kind of like he's kind of a version uh, like a hybrid of the two guys that gave us the two best Moose matches of he has the amateur background like Josh Alexander, but he's more of like the technical work horse like alex shelley so yeah i think that ziggler is gonna or nemeth is gonna give some really great matches with moose but i think they're gonna save that for rebellion i think that that's gonna be the rebellion main event not like no surrender coming up or sacrifice in march you think so yeah, i'll definitely wait for it yeah i think you need to build him up too and kind of not only, not only introduce him but like having up getting him a lot of wins to like make sure like he gets up that you know that roster and that division there and i feel like that's what we're gonna see with snake eyes this weekend to kind of go him up the ranks until that match happens yeah him and zachary once will have a really good matchup mm -hmm. uh, i think that you could see him kind of going through the system be beating like brian myers beating eddie edwards before he gets to moose at rebellion mm -hmm. but my question my big question before we kind of wrap everything up in a bow here do you think TNA will put the TNA World Championship on the wanted man, Nick Nemeth, in 2024? I would, to be honest. Like, I, I'm with you. There's no doubt. I have to do it. Do it at Rebellion. Do it at Rebellion. Yeah. Nick Nemeth, TNA World Champion. Yeah, if you don't do it, I think it'll be a mistake, to be honest. Yeah, it, it's it real. It honestly feels like Christian, Christian coming in. Where I instantly, when Christian came in, I was like, Yeah, that's the guy that should beat Jeff Jarrett. Just have him beat Jeff <laughs> yeah. Jarrett. And they didn't take long, they took like three, four months to mm -hmm. put the title on Christian. And I think they should do the same thing with the wanted man here. Let us know in the chat what you think. Do you think we will see the wanted man, Nick Nemeth, TNA world champion in 2024? Do you think that it might happen as soon as Rebellion in April? Let us know in the live chat. And, of course, let us know your match of the night, MVP, LVP. What did you give the show out of 10? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. We will give us as well. And last call for Super Chat donations. But for me and Astrid, for TNA, Hard to Kill 2024. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle in three, two, one. Thumbs up Yay. across the board for both of us. Astrid, what did you give the show out of 10? Oof. I would give it, I mean, to like an 8.5 and a 9, because like I said, there was two like little dips for me during the show. But overall, I feel like they had great energy from beginning to end, and that's how you should end it. Yeah. I really like the energy. This felt like one of the best crowds at TNA. And I, I know it's like their highest attended event in like the last eight years. Mm -hmm. So, it, and I love the shots that they did because a lot of my pictures that I got for the show were just of the wide shots of the crowd because yeah. TNA never does that. Never does that. They shoot their show like they're still in the pandemic and there's nobody in the crowd. They need to start shooting their show like they did this one, where it looks like you actually got a crowd there. Like, I have friends that I'd be like, oh, watch Impact, watch this. And they watch the show, they'd be like, is anyone there? Because they're not shooting it in a way that makes it look like mm -hmm. anyone is in the building. They did that here. Love the energy. Mm -hmm. Love the way it was shot. And the action was really good. I had like three or four matches I gave four stars to. So I give this show eight out of ten. I'm going to go a high eight 
out of 10. Close to eight and a half, but eight out of 10. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep it fair like that. What was your match of the night? Oh, that one's a tough one. Um, I would say I'm stuck between Josh Alexander and Hammerstone and Trinity versus Jordan. I feel like those were two good matches that kept me like focused on and I didn't want, I didn't want them to end. I'm going to go with the exhibition matchups, Chris Saban, uh, Eliel Delphikingo, and Kushida. That was just nonstop action, total nonstop action, if you will. And that br- that brought me back. I was like, yeah, that's the exhibition I want to see mm-hmm. with the new TNA era. Uh, we got Big Van Dogs. He says, I always assume there's no crowd if I can't see it. Good point. Good point. Uh, we got Ace who says eight out of ten. We got Big Man Dog says eight for me too. And Safet says eight out of ten. We got Power Driver Finisher who says, in my opinion, big or small crowd, just pan to the crowd while they're hyping, they're hyped up, and you're good. Yes, yes, it does, it does a world of difference. It does a world there might have not been that many people in there last night, but they were showing them when they were hyped up and they did the pan out and it looked like a whole bunch of people there. That's how you shoot. A crowd for a wrestling show. Yeah. Uh, Ace saying his match of the night was the X Division Championship matchup. Who was your MVP for the show, Asher? Ooh, that's an interesting one. And so let's see. I would say mine would be like Trinity. I feel like she did a lot in her performance that we were not expecting with Jordan there. And it was to me one of the highlights of my night just watching her like bring everything that she could or bring a different styles in, in just one match in itself. And so it was not enough to defeat Jordan in the end. Yeah. I got to show love to a lot of the, the knockouts. Like you said, Trinity, uh, Jordan Grace, uh, Giselle Shaw is up there as well, but I'm going to give my MVP to the system. They're, 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 they're a new thing around here. So I'm going to show some love to them. Picking up the win <laughs> on the opener. Alicia Edwards had some nice spots in the Ultimate X matchup. But most of all, it's for Moose, who surprised me becoming a two-time TNA world champion. So I'm going to give it to the system overall. I trust in the system. Who was your LVP for the show? Yeah. Mm, let's see. I'm thinking like that. I don't want to say the whole match, but like the whole like dirty dangle thing. So I was like, if I could pick just the three of them in the group, <laughs> I would say those were my like, eh, no, thanks. I'll I, I'll return them. Here's the receipt. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to uh, Dirty Dango and his crew, the dirt the the, the dirty mm-hmm. crew, the dirty three, whatever <laughs> okay. they're called, whatever they want to be called. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they there they get my LVP for the night. I'll I'll leave Moose, Rhino, and Jake something <laughs> alone because they got the win at least. Uh, we got in the chat, Ace saying MVP for him, the system. We got Eric Isaac who says my MVP is Trinity, Grace, Giselle, the system, ABC, and Saban. God damn, they got to split it like ten different ways. Sheesh. Uh, Ace saying the the LVP for him, Dirty Crew. Safet saying MVP, Trinity, Grace, the system, and Shaw. And uh, we got Big Man Dog says, I love Dirty Ding. You have admitted, though, Big Man Dogs, you do love horrible wrestling. So, just saying. Just saying. I wouldn't admit that I love somebody because you're kind of bringing them down to your standard. 
Um, Eric Isaac saying LVP, the dirty crew. Uh, some good, some good comments there. Thank you so much, guys. You guys have been excellent contributing. But most of all, thank you to Astrid, who was a wonderful co-host with me for our TNA Hard to Kill 2024 review. She's got her own channel. She does a, a whole bunch of content, whether it be podcast review, but especially just tremendous interviews. So let the people know where they can follow you on social media where they could check you out next where they could see your hard to kill post show let them know uh well if you go on my youtube channel just size my name is astra bizarro and that's my twitter and my instagram it's astra bizarro 20 uh well you can find me next i usually do uh taking over with my partner ed we talk about nxt on a weekly basis so you can see that on my youtube channel and on my twitch which is the same thing here um next up hopefully a lot more writing for body sam and i'll be going to the rumble as media for the first time so a lot more content hey. coming that weekend, hopefully that's yeah. what's up. That's what's up. Gonna have a great time at the Royal Rumble. Oh, love to see it. Love to see people succeeding out here. And yes, big man dogs, they are the house of torture of TNA, the dirty crew. They are the house of torture. They're trash. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on social media at True Hill SP3, the Twitter machine. You can also follow the gang, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter machine, Instagram, TikTok at True Hill Heat. Best way to support us when we're not live here, patreon.com forward slash True Hill Heat. $3 a month gets you exclusive content, the True Hill Heat Prediction Championship, plus much, much more. ProWrestlingTees.com, ForYourWear.com, for your True Hill Heat merchandise, and go over to the True Hill Heat Sports YouTube channel where we got our NFL Wild Card Weekend watch along. Gonna be starting in about 30 or so minutes, so go over there and check it out. Join the fellas as they enjoy the NFL playoffs and check out all the great content we got on the channel here, like our flagship podcast, True Hill Heat 259 from yesterday with myself. Top Guy JJ, Miss Chrissy Love, and True Jaw Josh talking about this crazy week in wrestling with Tony Khan versus Jinder Mahal on social media. The Young Bucks return. We did our final predictions for Hard to Kill and Battle in the Valley as well. And we got our final year-end list going to be dropping either today or tomorrow with our best matches of 2023 top 20 in fact we did top 10s got the top 20 to end things off so check it out go over and support astrid she's got some great content some great interviews might be coming to body slam net as well so go over and subscribe over there as well for astrid thank you so much thank you so much to everyone in the chat who was supporting us you guys are great and of course it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. This has been our TNA Hard to Kill 2024 review. We are signing off until next time.